Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the IGN Movies Podcast, Keeping It Real. I am Jim Vavita Stax, and joined today by Mr. Eric Morrow. Hey, guys. It's just the two of us today. <laughs> no need to break into song to that, though, Big Willie style. So we have uh, – I was I was not here last week, um, and I, I have not had a chance to listen to the podcast, so I'm sure you guys had a bunch of, uh, you know, kind of a tomfoolery. And, it was a witty podcast. Yes, <laughs> sure, with, with Carl unleashed like that. But I see that you guys have uh, – you. Um, Carl called yeah, the help. He sure did. Uh, but you both grossly overestimated what Fright Night and Conan would yeah, make. Conan in particular, man. What a... Uh, I mean, that's that's the story of the weekend, right? Yeah, it was a $90 million movie. That's the figure that's publicly released. You know, I, I believe that they reshot the movie and stuff. Plus, it was 3D. So Man. you know, not wow. not a good not a good weekend for them. What was the final box office take for Conan? Ten million. Wow, wow. <laughs> Ten million, and then Fright Night was seven point seven million. Now that one only cost, I think, like thirty million. Okay, uh, or maybe even a little less, but still, I think Fright Night will end up making its money back. Maybe a little bit overseas, but at least on home video. It's it's been a, a generally well received movie, mm-hmm. but I, I think like the original will end up being like a cult movie. Uh, Conan, on the other hand, what would you attribute its resounding thud? Yeah, I don't I don't even know because uh, I mean that movie has name value, right? Name recognition. Whether you are a fan of the you know, Robert E. Howard source material, uh, the Frazetta artwork that stands out yeah. in a lot of our minds, or, I mean, mainstream Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean every... there's also Marvel Comics plus yeah. all the video games now. Yeah, so I don't know, man, like, why that movie tanked like that. I mean, it it could be as simple as Arnold is Conan and that's that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people like, you know... They should have gotten a star or a wrestler for it, but I don't think it would have made a difference. I liked Jason Momoa as as Conan, and um, but I think the movie itself was, you know, it was okay. It wasn't. Right. I wasn't like totally nuts about it, but I think as far as like a Conan reboot goes, it's about as good as it was probably going to exactly probably going to get. The, but you know, clearly now there's there will never be another uh, <laughs> yeah for a while another Conan. Um, but I also think it's it's pretty telling that for several weekends in a row now, now uh, 2D films and holdovers have beat 3D new releases, mm-hmm. whether it's you know Final Destination or Glee, now Conan and Fright Night. I mean, what do you think that says about 3D? And Yeah. We're I mean, stuck with 3D at least until like 2013. Right, point, right, because of all, of all the productions. But, uh, you know, also you think about it, you know the price point, man. I think there's there's something to be said about you know uh, taking your family to a movie and paying you know the extra amount for a 3D movie. It yeah. gets pricey really, really quick. Yeah, you know? I mean, also you know just trying to buy concessions and everything too. I mean, it's it's you know some movies you just look at them and you're like, okay, that's a renter. You know, right, right. Um, but I, I also you know we have to acknowledge that the help is is you know, a big hit mm-hmm. and it's, um, a movie that's, you know, generated a lot of controversy too, but it, it found an audience and it's clearly resonating. Uh, and I think it'll be hanging in there for a while. I totally under 
uh, overestimated uh, Spy Kids and, and yeah, and another that. 3D and 4D. Yeah, movies. yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, here I thought, well, you know, children's films opens big, blah blah blah. But I guess Spy Kids is just that weird niche of not really a kiddie film, but definitely not a. a and it's an the adult fourth film. entry in it too, and it's yeah. generally when you get up there, unless it's going to be a really, um, you know, established franchise a franchise that takes itself seriously even if it's um you know a horror franchise if they're well done but there's something that's always been sort of cheesy and cheap about the, right. the spy kids movies and exactly that's, on one hand that's kind of their appeal to like kids like they don't care if the effects are good if the story's great the other hand it alienates anybody else that might want to go see it especially yeah. when you hear about like you know aroma scope or whatever yeah crap. he was yeah. kind of pawn off on people um you know that uh, Spy Kids four made eleven point six million. Uh, third place behind Planet uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which is hanging in there, and then uh, Smurfs. Uh, so it goes the Help, Apes, Spy Kids four, Conan, Smurfs, Fright Night, and then opening up in ninth place. Not quite a very wide release, but definitely not a small indie release. Uh, was one day with. Anne Hathaway, mm. which also flopped with yeah. only uh, five million, um, she played a Brit in that. So that's yeah. you know definitely uh, she she couldn't be in Dark Knight Rises at a better point. Yeah, <laughs> so. I mean she's gonna need that movie. She's, she better hope that uh, her portrayal of Selena Kyle uh, goes <laughs> off well because she's kind of had what at least like three flops in a row now. Well, right? Bride Wars was pretty awful. Yeah, and then uh, <clears throat> Love, was it Loving Other Love Drugs? Loving Other Drugs. You know? Not a bad movie, but it was definitely I think a movie like that was never going to be a huge hit because it's. You know, she plays a young woman, I believe, with Parkinson's and, mm. you know, and it's it's just, it's not, there's a lot of nudity and stuff and it's just, it was never going to be, I don't think, as mainstream as people were trying to peg it, you know, as. And, um, but, you know, I I think uh, Conan, though, is really, that's when they do the, the post-mortem on summer 2011, yeah. that Green Lantern and uh, maybe even a certain extent Cars too. Yeah. Kung Fu Panda too, you know Cowboys and Aliens. Cowboys right? and Aliens. Yeah. I mean, it, it's there's, you know, Conan can't blame it on what some of the other weekends had, which was you know an overcrowded weekend. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the big dog in the pound. Yeah, and for it to be beat by the Help, yeah, and Apes, which this time last year everybody thought that would be the flop. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so it just, it really is, is it's pretty sobering. Yeah. And it also shows again that I, I think that, you know, fanboy audiences, although they weren't a hundred percent behind that movie, that was a movie made for them and they didn't show up for it. Um, I mean, do you think this is yet another nail in the coffin of sort of fanboy driven? I do. I do. I've been kind of, thinking that for a while now since really since scott pilgrim at comic-con you know i'm starting to be part of the choir that's preaching about uh you know comic-con doesn't really open movies anymore yeah you know i mean and it's true we're seeing it happen i mean i think you know there are certain films like 300 um that that resonate at those shows, but have something on a main uh, some sort of mainstream appeal but but these titles that are just purely relying on kind of that fanboy audience when you open it up to the bigger uh box office picture 
they're just too small a portion of that yeah. to really make an impact, you know? Yeah. And I, I just also think that Conan is, you know, it, it doesn't really appeal to... I mean, they were basically banking on women going to see it because of Jason Momoa. Right. But he's an actor that nobody knows outside of people who watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, or Stargate fans. But again, niche audiences, even though Game of Thrones is a big hit... The number of people who probably watch that show are still smaller than what you what you need in an opening weekend, yeah. especially with a ninety million dollar movie. Yeah, but yeah. this is also you know unfortunately another you know this is a real bad hand, uh, kneecapper for uh, Lionsgate. I know, you know. I know. I mean, this was. <laughs> I mean, a lot riding on that movie. They've got Hunger Games though, and I think yeah. that that will be the uh, the kind of uh, that's like their new saw in terms of like. That's their, you know, their paycheck. It's the avatar for Lionsgate. You know what I mean? It's the one that they need. Yeah, or the Twilight, you know, exactly, to kind of save them from just a hell hell year. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, let's... uh, uh uh, dive into the news. I'm a little rusty because I haven't podcasted for a couple of weeks, so I'll find my footing here. But the big event um, last weekend that uh, you and I both attended, as well as Eric Goldman and Cindy White, uh, was D23, which is Disney's big fan and sort of industry expo that they held down in Anaheim. And it was, you know, Disney sat out San Diego Comic-Con this year, which was, mm-hmm. there were a number of studios that sat out, but Disney was was really the the most you know, marked absence because that's Marvel, mm-hmm. that's Pixar, yep. uh, and then, you know, they have a bunch of other things, too, um, pirates and everything. So they set out Comic-Con all in favor of doing their own thing at D23. So the uh, the big show at D23 was The Avengers. Yeah, Everybody went yeah. there for that. <laughs> but there was also John Carter. There was also uh, Pixar's films Brave. Then there was Wreck-It Ralph. Right. And uh, Oz the Great and Powerful and Frankenweenie, right? Uh, as well as Monsters University, and then some Pixar news. Now we'll dive into the details and all of that. But let's face it: the Avengers was why everybody went there. It, and you didn't get to see the footage because you were doing the interview. The interviews backstage, but, yeah. But you know what's funny is I was saying uh, all 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 Saturday that we were there. I was telling people, you know, because the show. You know, the show really is a Disney show, and I don't know if you got an opportunity to walk the show floor at all, but you can see there are a lot of Disney files there that were interested Mm. in the Imagineering and the... There was an old lady dressed up as, um, who the hell was, as a baby, uh, uh, cripe, some some baby uh, Disney animal. It's just creepy. (laughs) You you don't want to see like an 11-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, I'm going to go home now. So I was I was saying, you know, uh, the Marvel fans that went to D23 just for the Avengers portion uh, of the of the presentation were to the Disney fans that were there. Like the Twilight fans are to the Comic Con, you know, yeah. regular goers. <laughs> I mean, I bet you all these Disney people were like, "Who the hell are all these comic book nerds, and why yeah, are I, they here?" <laughs> I felt like the, the the comic book fans were the edgier ones, right? Right. They, they were like the ones who kind of rolled in with their black T shirts, and exactly. their, you know, and everybody else is like, you know, la la la, yeah, with yeah. their mouse ears and shit. <laughs> You're like, oh, this is this is kind of a weird mishmash of exactly. people, but um, you know, they had um. Uh, you know, a, a bunch of press turned out. 
uh, not just to see the Avengers footage and, and the rest of the presentations, but also we were all expecting Marvel to make an announcement yeah. about what their their films for 2014 are going to be. Uh, we know what's coming out 2013. You know, Marvel recently announced that you know, release dates for two movies in 2014. Everybody thought, oh, perfect venue. Of course they're going to say something. They didn't say shit. Yeah, Nothing yeah. came out of that in, in terms of Marvel stuff. What we did get was two newly announced Pixar projects also due up for 2014. And one is uh, they were both untitled. Uh, one of them, though, had a piece of concept art, which was kind of a um, a vista of like a kind of like a Serengeti with a dinosaur and a little cave boy sitting on top of his head against like the 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 sun going down over the Serengeti. And so one's a dinosaur movie, and the the gist of it is that you know what happened if the asteroid missed the Earth and the dinosaurs continued to evolve alongside man. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm losing my voice. And mm-hmm. then. The other one almost sounded like Pixar's answer to Inception, which is a movie that takes place inside of the human mind. Uh, okay. That was all they had to say. And, Pete, like, and Pete Doctor is attached Pete to Pete Doctor is doing one. that one. Yeah. Um, and he's the guy who did Up. Right. And But the Avengers, you know, they showed a, a whole scene uh, between Nick Fury and Loki. Uh, I, I detail the scene on the site. It's a little spoilerish, so heads up. But... Um, uh, basically, it's a verbal confrontation between Loki and, and uh, Sam Jackson's character, Nick Fury. And Loki is uh, held inside of this sort of clear chamber aboard the helicarrier. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks something like that plastic prison that Magneto was in. And, uh, you know, Nick Fury's warning him, like, you even try to escape, touch that <laughs> wall, anything, touch the glass, anything, and you're going to plummet 30,000 feet uh, 30,000 feet to your doom, and he opens up this portal, and uh, you see the um, stormy sky outside. So <laughs> you see that they're way up high in the atmosphere. This whole exchange is being watched via surveillance camera by the Avengers in like a, in, in like a conference room. Right. Which was really cool because the whole thing's got like the vibe of the Enterprise. Right, right. You know, I, just, I love that. You could tell that Joss Whedon was totally nerding out. With <laughs> um, and so we get to see, you know, Cap and Black Widow and. And Mark Ruffalo as uh, Bruce Banner, and he actually has like this kind of like uh, uh, kind of glib one-liner at one point after Loki gets done, like making his kind of uh, not too thinly veiled threats mm. to, to you know Sam Jackson. And he goes, "Oh, he kind of grows on you, doesn't he?" <laughs> uh, and, you know, the whole thing had a very very cool vibe, very Star Trek. Um, you even get a little bit of Kobe Smulders as Maria Hill, cool. just sort of at her station. Um, I, I, I couldn't wait. But, you know, and then they showed like a sizzle reel, some action stuff like Loki and Sam Jackson kind of firing at each other from like the moon roofs of cars <laughs> and like, a, and like a, some sort of chase scene uh, throughout the desert. Uh, at night, uh, you know, we got to see kind of like uh, it looked like Cap and Thor. I mean, yeah, Cap and Thor fighting. And then some stuff of Iron Man Cap uh, jumping out of the back of an airplane, like parachuting over New York City. Uh, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, some uh, ship uh, shots. No, we did not see the helicarrier. We saw like the little like shuttlecrafts. Okay. Again, very Star Trekky kind of yeah. stuff. But um, you know, it went over great. Everyone loved it. But we all expected it 
to be cool and to mm-hmm. look good because we've all seen the other movies leading up to it. And they did like a little sizzle reel cutting together the codas and mm-hmm. the setup scenes from the other movies, which was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that everybody has been wanting to do and see. Uh, but the, the movie that really made the biggest splash in terms of like, what the hell was that? That wasn't on anyone's radar was Wreck-It Ralph. And that's a video game themed uh, animated movie. Featuring the voices of John C. Riley, Sarah Silverman, and Jack McBrayer from 30 Rock. And what it basically is, is uh, Riley plays the, uh, the bad guy of, a, of an old 80s arcade video game. And it's a very Donkey Kong style game. And his character is Wreck-It Ralph. Mm-hmm. And he goes around smashing this building. Uh, and it's up to Fix-It Felix Jr., mm-hmm. voiced by McBrayer, to fix the building with his magic hammer. And it's very cute and everything. But it takes place within that world where Wreck-It Ralph really wants to be a good guy. But he's <laughs> stuck playing this role as a bad guy. And he's been stuck doing this for 30 years. And so he essentially escapes from the video game. Uh, from that video game and goes into the other arcade games uh, to try and become the hero of those games. And so he goes into like uh, a Halo style first person shooter where he's completely out of his element. He goes into this like um, uh, more kitty friendly racer game called Sugar Rush mm-hmm. where Sa- uh, Sarah Silverman does the voice of like the, the racer girl in that game. And she has like Twizzlers for, for hair braids and stuff. <laughs> and, um, and then in the Halo style game, uh, Jane Lynch, Jane right? Lynch yeah. from Glee does the voice of like the drill instructor, and it's, it looks really cool. They showed us the first four and a half minutes. That's all they showed, and wasn't even finished. But it, we got to hear the voiceover and the whole setup of the thing, and we got to see him attending Badanon, which is sort of like an Al-Anon, but for, uh, <laughs> but for video game villains, and, and the. Uh, the um, guy who is basically hosting the Badenon session is one of the ghosts from Pac-Man. <laughs> <laughs> and you see him like, you know, some of the other guys at Badenon were like uh, this, uh, this guy named Trigon, who's this sort of like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Tekken kind of fighter right, right. villain with like this broken Eastern, you know, broken English, Eastern European accent. Uh, very funny stuff. It went over great. Um, but the movie that was really supposed to be the centerpiece of D23, even more so than the Avengers, and which was met with kind of a universal uh, thud mm-hmm. <laughs> was John Carter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it just, I don't know, it, they showed us a few scenes. I liked some of the stuff, but overall it just felt like Prince of Persia meets Stargate, as a friend of mine described it. Uh, but it was, um, you know, it looks true to what John Carter is, but it just makes you wonder, like, you know, so many movies and comics and TV shows have poached from John Carter since it was created. It's the granddaddy of, like, mm-hmm. modern sci-fi that you wonder, okay, you know, is there... Will it just look like a retread when, in fact, it's the original? And this is a thing that they've been struggling with the entire time, the filmmakers and everything. Yeah, and it's interesting because this is a project that's been bouncing around for a long, long time. I mean, I remember uh, 
gosh, way back when Favreau, before Favreau was Favreau, right? Iron Man Favreau, and he directed Zathura. I remember covering that junket yeah. and asking him because at the time he was attached to do John Carter. That, yeah. You know, that goes to show you how far and back he replaced it was. Robert Rodriguez. Rodriguez, exactly. He was supposed so, to do what Harry Knowles was exactly the producer yep. on that. So this is something that's bounced around for a long, long time, but. Um, you know, and, and finally now it's getting, uh, getting its time to shine. But but you're right; it's it's really kind of falling flat with folks. And it's funny because I think, um, you know, it's still early. It's still early out, so they haven't really like picked up their beefed up their marketing campaign on it. But it's funny that nobody is really talking about the fact that this is um, Andrew Stanton who directed Wally. And Finding Nemo. Uh, and Finding Nemo. And Pixar's first live-action film. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're not directly involved with it, but it's all the, the, like the main creative personnel right. from Pixar are working on this, you know, this, this film. And so it, it's got a quality pedigree. Right. But I, I think, think they the should be pushing that. Yeah, I mean, they really – but I think um, – you know the the casting of Taylor Kitsch, who's who's not a star like mm-hmm. you know him from Friday Night Lights TV series, uh, but he's not. He just didn't really have any charisma in the, in the scenes we saw. He seemed yeah. like a very generic screen hero. Um, Lynn Collins, who was in Wolverine with mm-hmm. him, um, she plays the uh, the princess. She she kind of fell flat too. Mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe uh, does a motion capture kind of Andy Serkis thing as as one of the villains, right. and and he had presence, and you don't even see him. Yeah. You see the CG alien, but even the aliens themselves didn't look all that impressive. They look like aliens you've seen in other movies, huh. um, except that they're incredibly tall. Uh, you know, they the, he had uh, Woola the dog uh, kind of creature. That is in the books, and that's the only time that the, those scenes really came alive was with that character. But it's a very much more playful kind of Pixar vibe to those scenes than than is in the rest of the the, the footage that was screened. Right, and uh, so tonally it seemed kind of inconsistent. Mm. But again, like you know, we're, we've only seen excerpts of the movie. But this is this is your trade show. This is where you're supposed to bring all your big money scenes to like sell yeah. the movie. And it just didn't play. I mean, unless, you know, they just didn't have those scenes ready because it's such an effects heavy. But you that's know? like, that's, hey, that's what we heard with Green Lantern. True, true. <laughs> and look what happened to that. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, mean, it got away from them. Yeah. So, you know, um, I'm going to, if you don't mind, I, I do want to sure. go back to Avengers real uh, quick. Of course because, you do. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, you know, so you, you, you discussed kind of the footage they show because you lucky bastard. You I were in know. there and got to see it. Actually, I was, three of the four IGNers that went there saw it except yeah, for Eric. <laughs> except for me. I was backstage uh, doing the... Um, but you got to meet the... Avengers. Yeah, I did the on-camera interviews with the folks. So what was, again, really cool about uh, this show was that and IGN in particular, I mean, knock wood, you know, we've got a really good relationship <laughs> with Disney and they gave us a great spot on the carpet and we got everybody from the yeah. Avengers cast. And um, it was great to talk to them all. And, and some folks, I had a little more time with some folks uh, uh, than others, obviously. But um, again, 
this is all on. Uh, this is all. We've got the the interviews on the site. So if uh, you've probably seen them, there is some spoiler stuff. So if you want to tune out for the next couple of minutes, but go seriously, for it, but... no, they're not spoilers. If one, if you ever read the comics, or two, you saw Thor. And if exactly. you haven't seen Thor, then why are you interested in the adventure? Exactly. And plus, to be honest with you, the cast isn't going to reveal spoilers, anyways. You know, but I did think that Tom Hiddleston said he a did, little and bit that's more. That's than what I wanted to talk to have. you about real quick. Yeah. So, well, first, I thought it was interesting how he's become their Michael. Kane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Robert Downey uh, Jr. mentioned that, you know, without bringing it up, that Thor, because I was wondering how Thor ends up back. Last time we saw him, he was in Asgard with the, yeah. with the, with the, with the Rainbow Bridge broken. Uh, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. himself brought up the fact that he goes, Thor is a bit uh, interdimensionally challenged, and so we have to help him out with that. So that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, he also mentioned how he's got a bit of a contentious relationship with with cap at the beginning right because they're both kind of you know iron man uh, yeah iron man does i'm sorry you know iron man tony stark thinks he's the leader because he's forming the team uh through all these movies cap is a natural leader so you know clearly they're gonna butt heads there Right. right at least at the beginning uh but loki wow Okay, we've seen the the set the, the the set photos. We've discussed in past podcasts about are the scrolls in this movie or not? Yeah, there's a lot of motion capture suits. On I the think set. the scrolls are in this movie. I yeah. think they are Loki's I mean, army. Hiddleston Hiddleston basically says, and again, sorry folks, if this is spoilerish, but uh, you've been warned. <laughs> yeah, but you know, he says that essentially Loki. Uh, since we last saw him, he's been basically kind of bouncing around the cosmos, that he's let go of Asgard in in every way that that you know, sounds, mm-hmm. and that he's essentially become, I think his words were an intergalactic or cosmic gangster. Or something yeah, like. exactly. But he said the word gangster, which I kind of like, and that if he can't be worshipped uh, in Asgard, then he's going to find a planet where he can be, and he sets his sights on Earth. Earth yeah. But he's, he's made some... Um, some allies uh, yeah. during his uh, his uh, time abroad, if you will, <laughs> and uh, it sounds like they're the scrolls. And we see, you know, dudes on the set fighting in mocap suits. Yeah, um, I mean, I-, I can't wait to see what the scrolls look like. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope and they look just like they do in the comics. And the hopefully, we see them shapeshift suits. too, right? Yeah. Like, because because I have a feeling, um, I think that the scrolls are aren't going to get major play in the film in the sense of backstory and this kind of stuff. I think they're just going to be the thugs. They're going to be his army and yeah, that's that. They're canon father. Exactly. But what, what's cool about it, at least, is that they're introducing them, right? So you could, in theory, down the road, either in a future Avengers film or even in India, any of the individual hero films now, you could, you're basically planting the seeds for like the whole um, secret invasion that the oh, scrolls yeah. did and, you know, in the yeah. comics and that sort of thing. I mean, know? I think there's, there's definitely now um they've they've truly upped the stakes in terms of what we're going to expect from a marvel movie i don't think you i don't think they can go back to uh you know a donny brook in the streets of long beach after yeah, this yeah, you know yeah. like you, you once you once you drag alien invasion into this we can expect nothing less from any of the individual sequels yeah uh of like thor or cap or or iron man um Although I think Iron Man, I think they said he's kind of going back to basics in a way. So, uh-huh. but hopefully, you know, they they'll they'll keep those stakes high. 
Um, yeah, I, I think that the Avengers footage really played well. You really get a sense of that Whedon's got you know a good handle on the material, um, that people are like a Star Trek movie. Everyone's going to have kind of like their moment to shine. Um, but you, you know, at least from, you know, the, the footage they showed, uh, Nick Fury is, uh, really is kind of the, the leader yeah. uh, in terms of, you know, the buck stops with him, mm-hmm. maybe in the field cap and, and Iron right, Man are right. the, but you know, he's definitely the, the, the big guy in charge on the ship. Right. right. Um, so it's, he's kind of like Picard and the other one will be number one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, let's uh, just to segue to some of the other, uh, D 23 stuff. Pixar was there and they showed uh, a lot of stuff from brave, yeah. which looks great. Very beautiful. Uh, very different for Pixar, not just because it's the first, um, female protagonist in a Pixar movie. Their princess movie, if you will. Yes, yes. But also, it's a period film. It's kind of culled from... Kind of like, even though it's not directly based on uh, on any uh, Scottish folklore, it is kind of culling from you know, established sort of, you know, uh, cultural uh, Mm -hmm. motifs and and folklore. Uh, And it looked really cool. And it's got kind of a Robin Hood vibe to it. And, you know, it's got, it's the princess with, you know, she's got her kind of horse companion. Right. So it's kind of got like a tangled vibe to it there. Um, And then, you know, it's an all Scottish cast and Kevin McKidd was hilarious. Uh, You know, he plays two characters a father and a son, and the son has this uh, just unintelligible Scottish accent, and he's not speaking like a pig Latin version. He's actually speaking, you know, uh, in in Scottishisms, I guess. Right, you know, right. and and he's great. And then uh, Kelly McDonald, who he worked with in Train Spotting, everyone yeah. forgets that they always yeah remember, I did like, I love like her from you know uh, they'll remember that she was in Train Spotting but not him but they forget that he was the guy who died from AIDS right right so you got uh, you know an all Scottish cast except for um, Emma Thompson uh-huh. who plays the Queen uh, but yeah that looked really cool and I think it's you know it's interesting to see Pixar kind of go for broke with the what had been the the Disney princess sort of that was their shtick that was yeah. Disney stuff and now this is their first real attempt at you know moving away from being you know a more little boy friendly kind of business model to you know really embracing their Disney um their Disney parenthood uh, yeah parenthood but uh yeah i mean it looked cool i i can't wait to see a little bit more from it um and then Oz the Great and Powerful, mm. Sam Raimi, Stu, and the Wizard of Oz sort of prequel. That Even that went over better than John Carter. And he didn't really have much to show, they, right? They just had this little, like, sizzle reel behind-the-scenes featurette, very EPK kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the first couple of days of filming, and the costumes look cool, and the, the kind of concept art that they showed of Oz look cool. And it's it's essentially the story of how the wizard got to Oz, yeah, right? It's, yeah, it's uh, James Franco plays the wizard, a guy named Oscar Diggs, mm-hmm. who is a charlatan sort of circus tent magician. And uh, kind of like, uh, I think he's passing himself off as sort of a medium, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's in the 19th century, late 19th century, or maybe even the turn of the 20th century. 
and his balloon and the, the great concept art that they showed was uh, sepia toned uh, vista of the, the the Kansas farmhouse with a windmill and the mm. balloon uh, you know the the hot air balloon floating past and the dust storm the cycle uh, the the twister coming uh, towards well. you and so he gets pulled off into Oz the same way that Dorothy, Dorothy did. And uh, the the he gets caught up with the three witches there, and one of the, one of whom will end up becoming the wizard, uh, the wicked witch. Which one of them they wouldn't say, but I, I have a feeling the the hottest one will probably be right. the one that becomes the ugly one. But it, it's kind of doing what, um, in a way, what uh, wicked. Yeah. Did, you know? yeah, that's true. You know, no, so you know, except that it's it's stole from the the wizard's point of view, but it looked cool. I mean, it's it's uh, it doesn't come out till 2013. It will be in 3D, you know, mm, of course. So, which means uh, I'm sure you all go see it in 2D. And then the last one that they showed was um, Frankenweenie, which was Tim Burton is producing uh, this sort of. Um, Big screen reimagining of his short film, the the thing right. that launched his, his career. career yeah. Basically, Frankenstein, but he's a little kid and he wants to bring his dead dog back, <laughs> and it's all done uh, stop motion. And uh, you know, it's beautiful uh, looking. We would expect nothing less, though. Right. Um, again, uh, another three D film, I believe, and in black and white. Hmm. So we'll see if that how that plays. Uh, maybe it'll be a little too Tim Burtony for for kids, but. All they have to say is from the director of Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, yeah. And boom. Yeah. Now it's asses and seats. And, you know, he has he has a really diehard following. I mean, it, and it's not necessarily kids. I mean, you look at a, night, yeah. you know, a Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh uh, Edward Scissorhands, and you know, I mean, well, how how bummed are you that uh, you know that Marvel didn't make an announcement there? I, you know, I'll be honest with you, I uh, I know you were really expecting it, and Phil was really expecting it, but you know, I was kind of the naysayer. Remember, I kept saying to you guys, "Well, that's if they make an announcement." I yeah. wasn't really, I didn't, I didn't think they would for some reason. I I just thought that they would really be focusing on Avengers. What I did think they were going to do, which they didn't do though, is like do a Q and a with the cast, you know, yeah. and, and let the cast talk. They literally they came out on stage, waved. The only reason why anyone and meaning anyone, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. <laughs> spoke was because he piped up, grabbed the mic and was like, can we see the footage? We yeah. were backstage. We didn't get a chance to see it. Um, so they only showed it again because Downey essentially commandeered the stage yeah, <laughs> as yeah. he is wont to do, but he commandeered the stage and basically was like, Hey, hey who wants to see it here again? We do, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I, I guess I'm a little bummed. Uh, maybe they don't even know themselves. Well, that's, what they the, make. that's my theory. I don't think they know. I think they were just securing the date. There's such a, I mean, look, I love the movies that they're putting out, but they are kind of a, you know, uh, uh, filmmaking 101. They're learning as they go along. So yeah. I think Marvel Studios just, they wanted to secure the dates and they figured we'll have something to fill those slots. Yeah. You know? So, do, you, do you think it could be something uh, as, I don't want to say mundane, but like just sequels? Could we just be looking at like so. Cap 2 and even the, like an Avengers 2? Yeah, or, or, or an Iron Man 3. Well, actually, Iron Man 3 and Thor 2 are supposed to come out 2013. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. I think, though, honestly, I do. I think it's I think it's sequels. I don't think they might, you know, slip in 
a Doctor Strange or something like that, an original one into one of those slots if it comes if it gets far enough along and they feel confident enough in it. But I yeah. think right now they're just like, hey man, let's just go to the well. We know what works yeah. and let's spit Print out these some sequels. Money. Yeah. Well, there's some rumors today about uh, not even rumors. It was the screenwriter of Cap, um, Christopher Marcus, we had in the office uh, for a rewind at mm-hmm. one point. Uh, did an interview and he mentioned like you know a couple of characters that. Uh, they really want to try and get into Captain America 2 would be the Falcon oh, wow. and Sharon Carter, who is a blood relative of Peggy Carter's right. love interest in the first movie. Right. Now, um, Sharon Carter makes a lot of sense, and, and Amanda Rigetti might be playing her in, in Avengers, movie. right? Yeah, we're not sure which S.H.I.E.L.D. character she's playing, but yeah. she's playing a S.H.I.E.L.D. character. She popped up at the, uh, at the end of Cap. Um, and, you know, I think it's... Uh, Makes it makes sense that she would maybe be the love interest mm-hmm. in Cap too, but I I really would like to see the Falcon. I just wonder like how how faithful are you going to be to that costume? <laughs> and, I mean, of all the Marvel characters, a, a guy in a in a wingsuit is yeah. gonna you know. I think what silly. they might do. I mean, look how they did they did Hawkeye and or yeah Hawkeye. You know, they, and yeah. they deviated enough, but they they gave him kind of this edgy look and enough of a nod, wink nod to it. I mean, they might go like maybe the um like the squirrel suit route or something like that. Yeah, he might not fly as much as he glides and yeah i mean i think you you if they wanted to even make him like a shield agent or something yeah yeah, he would have the wingsuit like the kind you saw in transformers exactly um you know and or maybe he's a pilot and that's his call sign i don't know yeah i I hope he doesn't deviate too far from what he was in the comics but i think it would be cool to bring in falcon you know i mean when i was growing up you know cap and falcon uh falcon were a team and uh, you know, it's I, he was one of the first. Uh, remember, they put out the the dolls that were you know you can you can still buy them. They put out the DC dolls and the yeah. Star Trek dolls yeah. for all the was it Mattel or who? no? It was like Mecca or something or, like that. You think of the big ones with the fabric? Kenner? Yeah, 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 yeah. Kenner? No, 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 no. It was something with an yeah. M though. Yeah. I, you're right because yeah. I had them too. Yeah, yeah. Every, every, and they put out that Planet of the Apes dolls. Yeah. It was that uh-huh. whole you know back then that that was the only kind of action figure you could get right. outside of you know Star Wars. Um but uh yeah so I had the Falcon doll and uh I had and Cap. Yeah. You know yeah. and it was like because they were a team. Yeah. Um but yeah I mean I, I don't know who you would get to to play Falcon. I mean it's it's gonna be whoever's gonna be comfortable to wear the damn suit if it yeah. is anything like <laughs> Yeah exactly. like the comic book one. Uh, if, what we've seen of Avengers they're actually st- Kind of sticking with more comic booky look, yeah, yeah and yeah. that. So, uh, uh, good luck to you on that one. <laughs> um, Wolverine two or the Wolverine. Uh, you know they were aiming to try and start filming that this fall, and now it looks like it won't start shooting until spring two thousand twelve, which means that Hugh Jackman can squeeze in Les Mis mm, <laughs> before geez. that. Yeah, the big screen version of that. Um, and then uh, Danger Girl, you know that's yep. that's a comic book that a movie that's been bouncing around for a long time, long time. Like I, I think I did the script review on it back in two thousand. Wow! But the the rumor mill is heating up again, and they're saying that we could see maybe 
Mila uh, Jovovich, Kate Beckinsale, and Sofia Vergara starring in it. Yeah, because that's a very um, – correct me if I'm wrong. It's been a while since I've read the comic, but it's it's very much like a Charlie's Angels vibe, right? Like yeah, it's, it's like Charlie's Angels meets um, kind of uh, Bond and Indiana Jones. Right, right. Uh, it's a team of women, right? Yeah, it's and, an all-female yeah. uh, all espionage agency right. and, you know, very, you know, voluptuous characters right, in the comics. Right. And, you know, it's definitely like a, an adole- adolescent boy fantasy of a book but um you know i think i i find that very interesting casting but i i wonder if that's not if those actresses aren't skewing a little older than yeah, what they're, yeah i mean definitely. they're all in their mid-30s or older at yeah this point. yeah so i i would be surprised you know you look at, at one i would be surprised if this thing actually happened because yeah. you know it's kind of Got a bit of a vibe of of a uh, sucker punch there. Yeah, totally. You know, totally. Uh, so maybe I don't know. I mean, it's I I kind of doubt that this thing actually happens. <laughs> but uh, and then you know some set photos have been leaking out from the the set of Man of Steel. Yeah, and we've seen ooh, we've talked about motion capture before, but you know we've seen uh, Superman now in his full costume. Mm-hmm. There's no red trunks, no right. yellow belt. Uh, so it looks very much like the the new suit in the rebooted DC yeah, universe. Yep. Um, but we've also seen a couple of uh, actors, including uh, Michael Shannon, in mocap suits. Right. What do you think that's about? You know, I know that the concern is like, oh, Zod's going to have a CG costume, and it's you know, is it going to be like Green Lantern and blah, blah blah? But it, you know, it might be. I'm thinking it might be that he's sporting some sort of CG suit or battle armor or et cetera for that particular scene. Like, I don't think his, through the entire movie, he's going to be sporting the same kind of CG costume. It might be whatever he's using to battle Superman with in that particular scene. Yeah, maybe the whole suit's made from kryptonite or something. Yeah, exactly. Although that would kill him. Oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, that wouldn't work. But but what's her name? Uh, Feor, is that how you say it? Um, She was spotted on the set, too, and she's got kind of a a very Matrix-y looking outfit. It kind of, you know, it's it's got a long black cape, and Mm -hmm. she's got blood. It's very... um, Kind of goth looking, yeah, actually. yeah. Although it didn't stray, kind of in a weird way, reminded me a little bit of uh, of uh, Superman two, Superman two costumes, yeah, except yeah. with a cape, yeah, you know? exactly. Um, and then Christian Bale, you know, there's been a lot of chatter about what's he going to do after Dark Knight Rises, and this week uh, we find out some of the projects that he's kicking around as a follow up would be. The remake of Old Boy. I had no idea about that. Yeah, um, that's pretty cool. No, but he would be up for, for the role of the villain in it. Oh. Frankly, I'd rather see him play the main Yeah, guy. me too. Um, and then Clint Eastwood's remake of A Star Is Born, right. which uh, has Beyonce Knowles in the in the female lead. Um, a movie from the director of Crazy Heart called Out of the Furnace, and then um, Darren Aronofsky's Noah movie about you know mm-hmm. and then michael mann's gold which is i i believe sort of a treasure of the sierra madre type project um i have a feeling he'll end up doing um old boy you think yeah i, I think he'll probably I, I could see him and spike lee clashing a lot but i think they would bring out probably the best in each of them yeah you know? uh another movie that's uh, you know that we just found out about today is hawken which is based on an upcoming video game ah. that's beginning to get a lot of traction here on ign in fact we're going to be debuting the new trailer this week um over on the game side and it's it's a first person uh shooter game kind of a, a mech suit combat game um and 
some story details on it actually kind of spelled out too in the, in the movie news story. Uh, at least for the film version, it's described as sort of District Nine meets Romeo and Juliet, and it's going to follow <laughs> two different, you know, um, uh, troopers and from different sides who are right. kind of paired up. Uh, so it sounds interesting, but it sounds like yet another of 101 video game movies. That right, they'll, right. they'll make a big splash when they're announced, and you know, I'll believe it when I see Will it. Will it actually happen? Yeah. But you know, it's it, you know maybe maybe you know if the game takes off and is a big hit, who knows? Yeah. Uh, but this this kind of new outfit uh, production entity uh, got the rights to it, you know, yeah. and uh, I guess there were some bigger name people chasing it, but uh, they impressed. Um, the uh, the games company because they were actually gamers yeah and they're you know they did the whole spiel about promising oh they'll be like the game <laughs> you know? we'll see we'll yeah. see what happens and then Expendables two is going to be filming at least partly in China and Donnie Yen is uh, is joining the cast oh, so you know they're doing that because they need a little coin to make the movie right right and right. and in you know, China's a huge market so you know well but, Jet Li is rumored to be out right. I hadn't heard that, but I mean, I had heard that. Yeah, yeah. so I think I think he's gonna kind of slide into that spot. I wonder uh, if they'll just kill off Jet in the beginning. Yeah, I, I mean, know. there's already rumors that they're gonna kill off Mickey Rourke. Yeah, right, right, right. So I, I just want. I feel like Chris Carl right now, and just being in my excitement Check for this movie. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I just want a final confirmed. Like cast list, like I want Chuck Norris in this movie. I want like, I want Christopher you know? Lambert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? I want Jean Claude in this movie. I want to... <laughs> yeah. I, I want this to be the Dark Knight of Expendables. Exactly. Uh, and then our final news item before we segue into the box office mm-hmm. is uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters Three. Okay? Oh my god! Friggin' Dan Aykroyd <laughs> will will this thing into yes, existence. Yes, he will. He is now saying that with or without Bill Murray. They will film this coming spring. <laughs> so you, you hear that, Bill? Yeah. They'd love to have you, but if you're going to drag your heels, we're going without you. And well, I somehow think Murray's like, so fucking what? Yeah, go ahead. I don't really yeah. care yeah. one way go or another. Ahead. You know, it's a paycheck to him. But, uh, you know, he, he he was on Dennis Miller's radio show, and he, and he said that, you know, Ray now is going to be blind in one eye, so he can't drive the car. Uh. He's got bad knees, so he can't carry the packs. Igor is fat because Harold Ramis got fat. Right, right, so, you right. know, they need to bring in some new blood and pass the torch, which okay. we've known about. But, like, right. the actual um, uh, ailments yeah, of the yeah, cast. Yeah. And then, you know, um, Peter Venkman is supposed to have been killed off. That's right. the only way that Murray will come back is if he plays his own ghost. Right, right. So right. we'll see. I mean, they had he was able to, you know, do a... a Small role in Zombieland. Yeah, yeah, you know, where exactly. he kind of poke fun at Ghostbusters. Wasn't he even in the suit at one point in that? No, no, no they just played so. the uh, yeah. they just played the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, and watched the movie. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah I forget. No, I love Zombieland, and I'm for some stupid reason I'm drawing a blank on that sequence. But um, all right, well, opening up this weekend we have "Don't Be Afraid of the Dark" that uh, Guillermo del Toro produced and co-wrote. But the advertising will lead you to believe that he actually He's made making the movie. The movie yeah. um, um, Columbiana, starring Zoe Saldana, and our idiot brother, which has got kind of a, a you know a star-studded cast, but Paul Rudd is the lead mm-hmm. as the titular idiot brother. Right. What do you think is going to be the big movie this weekend? Could we look at the the help holding on to number one again, or uh, 
Don't Be Afraid of the Dark or Columbiana or Idiot Brother taking the lead? I don't know. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb. So this don't 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 uh, put any uh, stock. Yes, thank you. That's a, like, don't don't. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We're both having trouble with our words. Exactly. You might not want to end, end of the day, folks. <laughs> you might might not want to follow my investment advice here. But I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say, don't be afraid of the dark. At number one, and the only reason I'm going to do that is because. Um, you know, IGN has its own uh, dedicated YouTube page. If you haven't checked it out, be sure to, to go and, and find us on YouTube. We have a ton, ton, ton of, of clips, all from the game side and the entertainment side, etc. Anyways, that was my pitch for that. <laughs> but the original teaser trailer housed on our dedicated YouTube page is blown up. It's done over, over a million views. It's like a million and a half views yeah. or something crazy like that to the point where we're, we don't know why. Like we're wondering, yeah. what is it about uh, that teaser trailer that's drawing so much traffic to it? So we haven't been able to figure it out. I'm just wondering if there's just some massive interest in this movie. I know a lot of folks remember the original TV I never movie, saw the original. And we're creeped out by the original TV. I did. Well, I have think about it. Like people our age would have seen it when mm-hmm. they were kids and it was probably repeated a lot. Exactly. Um, you know, and it was, again, like a TV movie, a, a, a feature film version of a TV movie. I don't think we've had many of those. Exactly. So I'm going to just go out on a limb and say, don't be afraid of the dark. And I'm, but I'm going to say a low box office. I'm going to say like $23 million. Okay. Um, how do you think Columbiana will do? I'm going to say that that's going to come in third place, actually. I think the help will, will hold it second, okay. and uh, we'll, put, we'll bring that one in at um, – what did it do this weekend? Uh, the help made $20 million. Made 20 Okay. So we'll say uh, – let's say – wow, $20 million. Let's say $13 million, and okay. then Columbiana at 9 Okay. Uh, Idiot Brother, do you think that'll chart? Probably. I, I mean, it'll be, I think it'll be deep if like it's on the top. Six or seven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you think uh, Fright Night could drop out of the top ten? It was number uh, seven last week. Oh, wow. Was it really? Yeah, it's gone. Oh, no, it's number six. Yeah, you think? I think so. What about Conan? Like dropped in like number nine. Yeah, I think it'll stay in the top ten, but it'll be very, very low. Damn, yeah. that is that is insane. Um, I think Columbiana might actually come out number, number one, one, just because uh, it's PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could get, you know, a, a lot of the young folks can go to see it. It's probably a date movie. I think it plays to a pretty broad demographic. I'm going to say it's going to be number one with twenty one million. Okay, and then um, don't be afraid of the dark. Number two. With uh, I'm going to say 20 million. Cool. Uh, although I, I I definitely could see Don't Be for the Dark being number one. The Help uh, with about you know I'm going to say 15 million. I don't think it's going to drop too 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 da, 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 too much. <laughs> <laughs> God, I need to like you know get a defibrillator and start <laughs> myself here. Uh, and then I think Apes will will cool. definitely stay in the top five. So um, yeah, and I think Fright Night is is probably going to be like number 10 and Conan will probably be number nine. Yeah. Just too bad. Cause I really liked Fright Night. My only gripe with that movie is that unlike in the original where the Peter Vincent character meant so much to the kid, it was his idol. And he right, found out right. that his idol was basically a fraud and a coward. Right. Um, there is no such relationship like that in the new movie that Peter Vincent of the remake doesn't mean anything really to the kid. He's simply a means to an end. He's right. an ally. Right. And, um, that's the one thing I didn't like about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, even if they had just made Charlie, the Anton Yelchin character, like the, the 
administrator, webmaster of his site, yeah, something, yeah. anything, uh, you know, a stagehand, anything, like some sort of tie to this guy. Yeah. Because otherwise it's just sort of – that was one of the charms of the original movie was that relationship between the kind of the father figure character – uh, who was a coward yeah. and this kid. And he didn't really get that this time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but I think it'll be a movie that'll probably have a bit of a life on blue. Yeah, really. exactly. You know? It'll find its audience. There. More so than Conan. Well, it'll be a Halloween movie on, on home video. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, I promise I'll be a uh, less tongue tied next time, <laughs> but uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch y'all next time. Later.